Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsport show where supermodifieds are king, methanol is aromatic, and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Race Chaser Media's Tom Baker. Welcome, everyone, to this week's Inside Groove. As we roll on for another week, we uh, inadvertently had a week off this past week. I didn't really mean to do that necessarily, but kind of got to about Tuesday afternoon and said, gosh, what am I going to do for the groove? And we didn't really get the first big share out of it uh, on uh, the last show with Bentley until Monday. So um, we just kind of, I said, well, I'll wait a day or so. And uh, then I everything kind of turned toward the um the big sim race that happened last night as i'm recording this on sunday night i'm recording this on monday um and so we uh we just kind of decided to hold off i thought well let's get the race over with and we'll pick up um with uh you know some folks that were kind of instrumental whoever they may be some of the contenders in the race and after it all turned out you know was over with i thought it would be a good way to kind of come back with a show that talked about the race once it passed so uh the skips fish fry uh deal was um fairly successful from what it seemed i enjoyed the broadcast a lot this is episode 42 we'll get to the whole number game a little bit later in the show um i want to start however um by doing two things first of all Hi, I'm Tom Baker, for those of you who don't know, um, and uh, also I want to say a special thanks to uh, not only IPC Indy, Jeff West and the folks who sponsor uh, our show, the um, the presenting sponsor, but also um, Skip's Fish Fry, Sean Cathcart uh, for putting on that whole uh, sim deal last night. Uh, it was really cool. And uh, we'll talk in depth about it as we continue because we've got two. Actually, let me re-say that. We've got three of the competitors uh, on the show from uh, last night's race. And uh, we're going to get to A.J. Burnus here in just a moment. He is actually on the Strutmasters.com race line with us. And uh, we'll get to him in a minute. But I also want to say uh, a special thanks to JNS Paving, Rich Worth, and um, his group for uh, being supporters of the show as well. Uh, and with that, I want to turn our attention to what happened last night on Asphalt Vision uh, TV. And again, thanks to um, the the Thomas folks and uh, everyone who had a hand in putting that on, Chris uh, Myers and and all of the folks who made that happen. AJ Burnus is our first guest of the day. We're also going to have a conversation with Griffin Miller and Camden Proud as well, going to join us uh, as we continue through the program. AJ with us now. First of all, great to have you with us. And just to show all of you who are listening, you know, everybody, I go home to New York, and it's invariably somebody will say to me, um, well, you know, so-and-so has been living down there for a while. Um, you know, I'm sure you've run into him. No, uh, <laughs> actually, I haven't. Uh, it's it's a big state, and even the Charlotte, uh, greater Charlotte area is a big place, and we all kind of do our own thing, and um, it's it's 
at least a couple of times a year, I'll hear that somebody is living here that I had no idea was here. And that's always fun because then you can you can try to see if you can figure out how to make schedules work to get together. And, of course, now we're on home arrest uh, for another couple of weeks down here. So we can't really go outside and play too much and go hang out and sit in a restaurant and have a nice meal together or whatever. But, um, AJ, you've been living down here for three years now. I had no idea. And you're um, I don't know where you are in Mooresville, and we can talk off the air about that, but you can't be more than 10 minutes from me because, well, uh, Mooresville itself isn't that big. But um, I know the dealership you're working for, Mooresville Ford, so uh, uh, it, it, it's interesting to learn that you've been here. Let's start by talking about last night for a little bit. This this whole thing for me was interesting to watch because um, – I'll get to I'll talk with with Cam later about sort of the whole broadcast part of it. But just from the competition standpoint, to see some of the drivers who are either veterans of the division who are not racing like Haveron or Furlong, um, you know, and then some of the guys like yourself who don't even race supers. I mean, you're you're an SBS racer um, and to see how you guys did on the game. It's really interesting. I'm curious, first of all, um, how much time have you spent doing that prior to preparing for this whole event? Are you kind of a regular gamer or sim sim racer? Well, I've been uh, sim racing for always oh, probably been about ten years or so, oh, okay. if not more. Um, I started back with the uh, Supers group running uh, NASCAR Heat back in the day. Ah. Um, I actually transferred over to R-Factor uh, with them when they made that change. And then shortly after that, I went over to iRacing, and that's where I've spent most of my time now. Okay, so you've been, you've been, I, and I wondered about that because it just seemed like, I mean, you were bullet fast all night. And more than that, you were more aggressive than some of the other guys were. And I was just kind of watching the different contrasting approaches to it. And um, it, it just seemed to me like you must have been more of a veteran sim racer than, you know, than what probably most people knew. Um, now, I'm curious about the difference between running a race on R factor and running a race on iRacing. What are some of the differences from the driving point of view in terms of the two different platforms? Well, I mean, to be completely honest with you, um, iRacing is a little bit more of an advanced platform. Right. The physics are a lot better. The cars handle um, a little bit more like you'd expect them to. Um, R factor does a pretty good job for how old it is, but it is a rather aged sim at this point. Uh, so you really don't get the same feel that you do on iRacing. Now, I I heard uh, one of the folks who's instrumental in, you know, building the, I guess, the physics. I'm not really very technical when it comes to the, this type of stuff. But um, I heard him say that he was already working on and should have implemented in the in the coming weeks some new physics or updated physics. So I'm not sure... Maybe you can translate for those of us who are, aren't really aficionados of this. Maybe you can translate what that would mean. What would what would updated physics be exactly, and what would that look or feel like compared to what what you have now? 
Um, well, I'm not entirely sure what direction he's looking to go. Um, it's it's pretty much a lot of math and a lot of um, a lot of grip mechanics. Okay. Um, I'm not sure exactly how far R Factor goes on the design point um, because I haven't been on that aspect of it. Right. Um, but it, there's there's a lot of you know mathematical equations and tire grip and track grip and everything else that goes into it. It's interesting. It was just interesting to watch, uh, and and it was it was fun to watch. You you seem to be very comfortable now. Again, I know probably all you guys spent hours and hours, you know, in the in the practice realm of things prior to last night's broadcast. But um, you just seem to be very comfortable. Have a good setup right off the bat. What was it like being in a situation where not only are you competing against? guys you know that that have been some of the legends of the super modified division like you know have ron furlong and and some of the other guys but also um competing against some of the best at the sim aspect of it um and then you add the 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 sort of broadcast and you know that whole aspect the stage was obviously much bigger did that change anything for you as far as your approach to it or or your nerves or anything like that? I mean, not really. Um, I've been in a lot of online broadcasted races before, but honestly nothing that's ever been to this scale. Um, as far as the competition, regardless of what I'm driving, if it's sim, if it's real life, um, I don't really think about who I'm competing against. They're all just drivers to me. Um, I don't really... I guess fan out over, Oh, I'm racing against this guy or I'm racing against this guy. They're all just drivers at the end of the day. It's interesting. I mean, it's just, it was, it was fun to watch. Uh, I, I felt like it might've gone on a little longer than maybe it, it necessarily had to, especially being a Sunday night. But I thought it was a, I thought it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and, and I think especially, you know, toward the end of each race, it seemed like, you always had that moment and you know, you and Griffin at the end of the last one. Um, I mean, that was as exciting for me to watch as, you know, anything would have been on the real race track because you're glued to it, waiting to see if, you know, if, if Griffin would, would end up being able to, to get by you or not. That was just a fun deal. Um, and, and what a tough break for, for David O because I mean, he was probably going, going, gone goodbye if it weren't for, you know, weren't for that. Uh, I don't even know if it was a technical glitch or what it was, but ended up uh, crashing out of it uh, from way out in the lead. But you, you two, you and Griffin, I thought put on an amazing show at the end. That must have been fun. Yeah, it's always a lot of fun racing wheel to wheel with people that can respect, you know, the competition. Um, there's a lot of guys that they don't care if somebody's next to them; they'll just cut you off and when somebody gives you room to race and you guys can actually race together, um, it becomes a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. I mean, we saw, you know, you made a couple of interesting moves. We saw some other folks uh, make some interesting moves, uh, but that's all part of the competition. It's like, I, I hear Mike joy say on the NASCAR uh, broadcast each Sunday, and it seems to be true. Um, the, 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 uh, obviously the, the platform is not real, but the competition is, you know, the, the intensity of the competition when it comes down to it, 
it's still drivers wanting to beat all the other drivers, and you guys seem to have the the just as much intensity toward the end of those races last night as you would have if you were on the racetrack. Yeah, the the big thing to me is that I never really once I'm racing and I'm in the vehicle, I never mentally separate that this is fake. Uh, when you're running, you're you're racing. And yeah. The mentality is exactly yep. the same. I'm I'm focusing on everything that I would when I'm normally in a car. Um, I mean the the whole mindset's exactly the same. See, that's what I was thinking about. Is you know I and I spend a lot of time teaching drivers about the mental approach. And and that that is exactly the same. The instinct, the primal in, instinct of competition, is still the same. Whether you're, you know, I mean, I'm sure some of you are racing your desks, as one of the uh, iRacers I had on my show a few weeks ago called it, where you just have the, you know, the 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 wheel uh, sort of screwed to the desk, and then you know there are others of you obviously have the full cage and and whatever else. But you know, w- when you're in that mode, once the green drops. Like you said, you're racing and the brain doesn't know whether it's in the car on the racetrack or not. The difference being is if you make a mistake and crash, you just, uh, you know, do a couple of quick things and you got a brand new race car to go with. (laughs) It's a lot cheaper. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I mean, I've I've never been in a car and thought, man, if I wreck this, this is going to be expensive. Um, if if you have that mentality while you're driving, yeah, don't you're more than likely going to wreck the yeah, thing anyway. Exactly. Yeah. That's uh, I I and I've <laughs> I've had parents. I've had to actually sit down and said, "Look, you can't." You know, I had one tell his kid one time before they went out to qualify, "Do not wreck this race car." I pulled the parent aside. I said, "That is the absolute worst advice you can give to your son." He's like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, because what is the primary word of that sentence?" wreck the race wreck and i said that's what the kids get you're telling the kid drive defensively so you don't wreck you know what that translates to go slower you know it's tell them what you want not what you don't want so if you don't know how to tell the kid what you want leave it to whether it's myself or the crew chief the, the the guys who are there to sort of coach that driver up let us do our job and and just stay away because at the end of the day you're not helping your kid you're not you know you're you're it's just bad advice so yeah you should never you should never drive with a wallet so to speak um it's it's always about instinct and you've just got to make sure that you've gotten the best skill set and the best programming so that there's you know you you're not the type that's everybody's going to wreck now and then in some seasons you just have more than others um you know but if if half your wrecks are more your fault then you probably got some other issues but it, but it at least uh it's it's at least a way to kind of keep everybody in the racing mood and in the racing uh mode and i thought that was a lot of fun last night and 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 thoroughly enjoyed it. I want to go back um with you for those in our audience who don't know a lot about you um other than maybe having seen you a few times back when you were running uh regularly in the small block super s b s division um before you went to college and ended up coming here um Talk about first how you got started in racing. Obviously, you're local to um, you know to the racetrack. How did you get started? Um, what got, first got you interested in racing in Oswego? Well, I mean, ever since I was a little kid, I was always up in the stands at Oswego just about every week watching the races. And 
I believe it was 2000. My dad said, Hey, why don't we buy a quarter midget? Okay, let's go racing. <laughs> um, well, are you going to say no? <laughs> so, I mean, we, we started in quarter midgets back in 2000. We, uh, we ran there for multiple years. We had a lot of success in quarter midgets, multiple uh, wins, multiple track championships. Uh, we traveled all over the place. And that was probably one of the coolest things about quarter midgets is just you could travel anywhere you wanted in the country, and there was always racing going on somewhere. Yeah, that, you're right. I mean, that literally, for those who have not dabbled in that world, it is really crazy. I mean, it is it is just as it is just as big, if not bigger, nationally than go karts. Um, and you know, the Grand Nationals, as they call them, there's an East and a West version. Um, you know, you get hundreds of of entries for all these different divisions, and you know, you guys run four or five or six divisions a day it's just insane i don't know how your parents ever keep up with all those cars and motors but um it's a crazy deal but you you were very successful now did you go straight from the quarters i'm trying to i was trying to remember back did you go straight from the quarters to the uh sbs division no not exactly uh we were kind of in a middle ground for a little while i was outgrowing the cars that i was in we didn't want to spend all the money on brand new quarter midgets uh, just to run a couple more years in them. So we decided to make the change to dirt carts out back at Oswego. Okay. Uh, we started running the champ class there. Okay. So we, we actually ended up picking up a couple wins in that series as well. And then we finally made the transfer in uh, 2015, I believe. We ran the first uh, classic race um, at the end of the season. And that was kind of the start of our SBS career. Okay. All right. So then you ran SBS for a few years and then uh, you, you, and you, and you had some, you know, you had some success. I mean, it was, those were some tough years in the division. And um, I mean, you definitely showed good speed and had some success, but it, I think it, it, for you, it seemed like maybe it was a combination of, of, you know, just not having necessarily quite the resources that some other teams did. Is that the case or? Well, I wouldn't say that we were underfunded. Um, we had a lot of good support throughout the years. Um, Burn Dairy has been with us for forever. They've always helped us out. And My we had favorite a bunch sponsor. of others throughout the years as well. Um, but I mean, there's guys that you just, they're throwing so much money into cars and it's just yeah. difficult to keep up with that. Yeah. It seemed like that was the, the case for you. Um, always had one of the prettiest cars though. That, that yellow is just your, your sort of signature yellow, just amazing. Uh, and I always love the burn dairy sponsorship. How did you end up acquiring burn dairy? That seems like a sort of a, a an odd sponsor. And yet, uh, and yet it isn't because there's two of them right in Oswego, one on the east side, one on the west. And of course, me being a milkaholic, uh, you know that's a, that's a, a that was always a pretty big deal for me. How did how did that come together? Was that a relationship you had that just kind of matured, or how did that work? Well, my dad worked with uh, Burn Dairy for years. Ah, um, he was okay. he was one of their employees. He did basically everything for him. Um, he's been working the past like. 10 years or so is their uh, landscaper. Oh, see, I so didn't realize he's, he did he's that. had a good okay. relationship with uh, Mark Byrne and the rest of the company. 
and they signed on to us back in 2000 and they've been with us ever since that's awesome so are they back with you again i know you're planning to run a limited uh, <laughs> no pun intended a limited schedule in 2020 uh for the sbs division um are are your sponsors back with you for for this coming season as well um i'm not entirely sure on that yet i think my dad's been talking with them a little bit um we're kind of in a position though where we don't know exactly what our schedule is going to be okay and it's it's hard to finalize um a a marketing relationship when you don't know exactly what you're doing yeah. Um, so we're probably going to put them on the car. We've had them on the car regardless of if they've uh, supported us or not, you know, just because of the uh, the long-term commitment that we've both had. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I I, I shared this. Uh, we recorded uh, our modified podcast, mainly modifieds that we do each week uh, as part of our Race Chaser Media programming lineup. We recorded that this morning. And I was explaining on that show that, you know, when you talk about uh, it's hard to, to kind of figure out a marketing deal when you don't really know what's going on, um, it's it's really interesting where we seem to be in the sport in general. I mean, right now NASCAR is looking at throwing the traditional, the schedule that, that everybody thought was going to happen this year. They're looking at basically throwing that out the window at this point. The goal is... It has the mindset has gone from, you know, where do we pick up in the schedule to let's just get 36 races in however we can. And, you know, for the for the in, in the cup situation, it's TV revenue. So but even in their lower series, it seems to be about let's just get to a number. So, for example, right now, the working theory or the working plan would be that you start at Darlington on the 17th of May. Four days later, you run a 400 at Charlotte. Then you run three days after that, the 600 at Charlotte. Then three days after that on a Wednesday, you go to Bristol. And and you're not so much, it's not that, that Charlotte, in other words, um, you know, the first Charlotte race is not instead of a later Charlotte race, you're not moving that one up. You're, you're just simply adding a race at Charlotte. And that's kind of, you know, it's, it's become about let's race wherever we're allowed to and just start running some races here and see where the situation takes us. And I think when you get down to the short track level, you know, you look at a track like Oswego, for example, they're just waiting to be able to figure out when um, the government of New York State allows them to open, number one. But the other thing that happens with the short tracks, right, is is it's a little harder for short tracks to run without fans than it would be for NASCAR's Cup Series to run without fans. So it one can understand then why you're saying, gosh, it's I would think it would be kind of hard to you know, to define the sponsorship part of it when we don't even know for sure how many races we're going to have or when we're going to start, right? That's kind of the problem everybody's got at this point. Yeah, exactly. So it's really interesting to uh, to see where that goes. But uh, it's, it, it's you came back last year and ran with uh, the Bartlett's, and it, that seemed to work, work out really well for you. How did that, how did you put that deal together? 
Well, um, Dennis Richmond has been a good friend of ours for a long time, and he's been pretty much their uh, head crew chief right. um, for the last season. So we got the connection through him. And surprisingly, that the car we ran last year is actually the same car we ran the year before for a completely different team. Oh, okay. So we were in the same car two years in a row, That's but it was a different team we were running for. That's interesting. And, I mean, you did fairly well with it. Uh, is that who, is is the plan, working plan, for you to come back and race for them again in that same car this year? Is that what, is that what you're planning to do? Um, we're not entirely sure what car we're going to be in yet. Uh, that car is a little bit on the dated side. Okay. Uh, it's still a really solid car. We did really well with it last year. Um, but I think they have a different car that we're looking to go into for this season. Nice. Nice. Okay, so you're looking at maybe four to five shows, depending on how things work out. I would assume kind of a once a month sort of deal. I mean, is that is that just is that kind of where you think the funding puts you or is that related to your work schedule or a combination or why, you know, why those shows particular that number of shows? I'm trying to hit as many of the big shows as I can. Okay. Um, and I mean, on top of that, with traveling, you have to factor in a whole nother day for traveling. Oh, yes. So it kind of puts a damper <laughs> on the work schedule. Yes. Bills don't sure stop does. for racing. <laughs> no. Well, and that's like, you know, I, I'm always thankful in, in those situations. And, you know, I, I, I love being on the road. So flying for me is just stupid. Um, you know, it, yes, it, 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 for, for one thing, it's over twice, almost three times the cost. Um, but when you factor in the fact that you got to get to the airport an hour or two early, and then you got, you know, you're probably going to wait a little while for your flight, and then you got an hour, you know, or hour and a half flight, whatever it is, you know. So by the time you do all that, you're halfway there in the car. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, you know, I'd rather drive up and and save all the money and enjoy a nice day on the road. Um, you know, but I understand why some other folks, you know, you've got a few of us now from down here it's kind of funny how it's worked out i mean you got um you got andrew shartner you got keith champagne down here uh of course didero has been down here a while uh all of the above are part-time racers uh for this coming year and then of course yourself now we can add to the list and you know and myself so um what we ought to do if we can find a weekend when we're all going up there, we'll just rent one of those vans and just. Uh, <laughs> there you go. We'll, we'll have a touring van. Have a tour, yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah. Bring in, the, bring in the touring band. Yeah, then we'll we'll do a rock uh, tour. Uh, yeah, we'll all come in and you know, uh, it's it, but it's it's fun uh, to. Uh, I think it's fun to to, to make that drive. Um, and you know it, but I understand you, you because you're right. You, you've got to have a day's travel on both sides. So, um, you know, I'm lucky enough that, you know, my boss kind of gets it right. Uh, I work for myself, so it's kind of easy to to figure out all that and and make it work. But um, you guys don't have that luxury, so you'd probably looking at what leaving driving up on. Would you go up on Friday or do you go up? You'd have to, I guess, right? Go up on Friday, come back on Sunday. That's about what we did last year, yeah. um, except we we would get a hotel room in uh, about Virginia for Friday night. Oh. So after work, I'd drive halfway, stay the night, and then drive the rest of the half uh, Saturday morning. Gotcha. Okay. So that way you don't have to miss any work. 
Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like to leave Friday morning and, and get up there in the evening, and I just drive it straight through. It doesn't doesn't bother me. I enjoy it. It's actually therapy for me. That It's always been that way for me on the road, but... Um, you know, but that's, it, it's a, it, it's good that we hopefully will see you a few times and, uh, you know, the Bartlett's are great people and, and I, I, I've got to believe that it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it's a lot of fun to race with them and in a very comfortable situation for you, especially being that you're only doing it part time. Yeah, they're a really relaxed team. Um, it's all a bunch of really good guys. So, I mean, we have fun, we go out, we do the best we can, but at the end of the day, it's about having fun. Exactly. Yep. That's exactly right. And I, I guess I'll throw this in there. I've been kind of quizzing some of the other guys since the season ended and over the winter. What, what is your opinion now that we have some distance from the um, sort of that transfer, if you will, over to the crate motors in the SBS division? What's your opinion of that? Um, well, I mean, I haven't seen a huge difference, to be honest. Um, the, the motors are down just a little bit on horsepower, I believe, but from when I was running weekly, we have stickier tires than we used to too. So we're able to maintain more speed around the corner than we used to, but there's a little bit less horsepower coming out. So uh, I, I know when we had Andrew Shartner on the show earlier this year, Andrew opined that he would he might like to see um you know a harder tire um of some sort or you know a different tire that would would kind of make everybody slide around a little more and maybe take away some of that that grip um just to sort of put the racing back in the racing a little bit is that would you agree or disagree with that I would probably agree with it um, I mean, back in the day, I'll say that really carefully. <laughs> uh, back <laughs> yeah, in the day, you when don't we go were too running, far back. <laughs> uh, everybody was on that harder tire, and it, it was sliding all the way through the corner, sliding sideways, coming out. You were doing pretty much everything you could in order to control the car. Yeah. And now they they handle a little bit more like a typical asphalt modified. Yeah. With a lot more grip in them. Yep. Yeah, and that was kind of my thing too. And and I mean, look, I, again, this is just discussion. We're not trying to start anything. But but for you know, for me, I just I watched a race the other day. Um, well, I, I think um, Mike Sessler, I think, or uh, somebody put it online. I can't even remember where I saw it. Uh, it was from I think 1993. Oh my gosh! I mean, I had forgotten just how great the racing was in the limited division back then. Um, and I really feel like that's the key is you've got to get, and I would say the same thing for the supers, you know, too much grip is a bad thing because, you know, you get everybody running the same speed and it almost becomes too fast at some point. Um, and, you know, now you're, you're just kind of all driving around and it's hard to pull out and pass. And, and I think, that's kind of where we've gotten to and somehow i feel like it would be cool if we could literally go backwards a little bit in that direction and 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 again make you know make them harder to drive uh you know i i don't really know all the answers how to get there but it it's always interesting to to think about those things but it's definitely good that uh, you're planning to come back and um you know i know that you've had uh, you went 
you went to uh, Uno for a while. Um, talk a little bit about what that school and what what that experience was like for you, because I know a lot of young kids who have gone through that school and mostly I've heard nothing but great things about it. But what what is your opinion of it? If you want to kind of stay in the automotive realm um, and maybe the racing realm, what is your opinion of Uno as a school to do that? As a school, I liked it a lot. Um, I definitely learned a good bit. When I went there, I, I went mainly for their high performance program. Okay. And I decided, well, since I'm here, I might as well take the automotive as well. And I didn't know anything about the passenger car side of automotive when I went in. So I learned everything that I knew for the vehicle side uh, through the school. And I mean, now I'm a dealership mechanic. But uh, as far as the high performance side, it was uh, rather interesting. Some of the suspension mechanic classes and fabrication classes and everything else that we had to go through. I definitely felt that it was well beneficial into increasing my skill level. Okay. So you would basically recommend it to someone who was looking at it. You, your opinion would be that if you, if you want to go into, you know, either high performance or even the mechanical side of it, you would, you would recommend it. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun all the way through it. It was a lot better than going to a normal school and sitting behind a desk for four years. Yeah, really? <laughs> well, that's why I was asking. Cause I, I mean, I, I've, I've thought for a long time that the sort of the, the traditional concept of let's graduate high school. Then we go to college, um, has been in and of itself overrated. Um, depending, you know, I always look at it like, well, what are you trying to do? You know, and, and so people that go for broadcasting, for example, there's a broadcast school right here in, in Carolina called the Carolina School of Broadcasting. You get everything you need to, you know, to go and get into the broadcasting field. Um, you know, and it's a trade school. It doesn't you don't have to worry about all the elective crap that has nothing to do with your major. Um, and it's, you know, it's basically quick and, and painless uh, if you obviously take it seriously and treat it as you would any any other educational uh venture and so a school like uno to me makes perfect sense rather than necessarily having to go through a four-year deal unless you know you're trying to do something specific that that would necessarily prepare you for that a mechanical engineering degree would um you know but i think people I've always said, you know, think about what what's the end result and then look at the, the options as to how to get it rather than, you know, I've never been a big believer in just uh, making your kid go to college because I think they end up a lot, of, a lot of times wasting more money than they actually uh, get use out of in that sense. But um, interesting, you've had an interesting uh, last few years and, and good to see that you're still staying connected to Oswego. Uh, and you know, hopefully you'll get at least four of your five shows in, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just, boy, it, I've never seen anything like this really. Uh, it, it just, uh, seems like every day the goalpost moves. So we never quite know when we're making progress or not. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's pretty much just in the government's hands and all we can do is ride it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely been interesting. Um, if people want to kind of follow you, how do they do that? Uh, my Facebook page is open. I haven't closed it to anybody. So that's open. People can follow me on there. 
Uh, at the moment, that's pretty much all I'm using as far as uh, communication. Okay, so just uh, Facebook only. So just go look up AJ Burness on on Facebook and uh, give him a follow. And you know, hopefully, we'll do a little bit more of the uh, the stuff we did last night, and we'll be able to kind of watch you run that more. Uh, but I know we all look forward to the day we can get back to the Big O and actually uh, sit in the stands and uh, and enjoy some some real racing, so to speak. Um, and uh, look forward to catching up with you. Uh, at some point here, once uh, things get lifted, maybe we can go grab a bite or something. But um, appreciate the time to talk to you, AJ, and, and wish you all the best in everything that you're doing. And um, like I said, look forward to meeting up with you locally here, but also look forward to seeing you back on the track at some point in 2020 as well, hopefully. Well, thank you. We're definitely looking forward to it. That is AJ Burnus, and we are going to step aside. We will continue with more of Inside Groove right after this. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider, complete motorcycle air suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Welcome back to Inside Groove as we continue with this week's show. And we talked, uh, hope you enjoyed the interview that we did with A.J. Burtis. And time now to talk with Griffin Miller. And Griffin comes from what I consider to be one of Oswego's most famous racing families. Everybody knows the Sweet 16 and Steve Miller and the family. Um, great to have Griffin coming to the Fast Five Eights on a regular basis this year. First of all, uh, we want to wish Griffin on the air here a happy birthday. I'm not going to sing because I don't want you all to quit listening. <laughs> but, um, you know, I only sing in one key, and that's door. Um, and so I don't think I can quite hit that on the air. So uh, happy birthday, Griffin, 16 years old today. And what a way to sort of pre-celebrate your birthday that with a pretty impressive win the other night uh, on the Simbrog cast that was a lot of fun to watch first of all um i want to go back and and for those who are not familiar with you you are of course the grandson of steve miller but you are the son of joe is that correct yeah that's correct okay all right so uh, (laughs) we got that right now uh and so how did how did you get I know you grew up in a racing family, but how did you start racing and how old were you and kind of give us a, a synopsis of your career to this point? Well, I, uh, I think I was around 10 or 11 when, uh, a friend of mine, John Altman, who I've, he's like a big brother to me. He's been around most of my life. He, I was on my way back from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. And, uh, I was with a trip with my mom and I got a text from him. He gave me a choice. He gave me, you want to go get some side-by-side razors, or do you want to go go-kart racing? I was, you know me. I, <laughs> I want to go racing. I've been wanting to race for a while, so we decided to go go-kart racing. I think that was 2015 or 2014. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, it was. You were I, young. I wanted to start sooner, but I mean, but any time's good. Sure. So you were what eight or nine, probably about that 
time? I was, I was 11. Oh, 11. Time. Okay. Okay. But yeah, started started 2015 was my rookie year at the Oswego Cartway. Jimmy Lacerdo helped me out a bunch. We uh we got, we started off things a little slow. My first race was a little bit shaky, but uh, I had a lot of fun and I uh I started I stuck with it. Managed to pull off a win my first season. Nice. And then uh, to follow it up with a championship my second year, winning six out of ten races, I think, in the season. That's impressive. Yep. And um, after that, we t- we did another year. We moved up a bunch of classes. We did we did all right. Had a couple close ones. I don't I don't know if I pulled off a win. I can't remember. But the year after that, my I was finally old enough to uh, hop up into the super stock class. I was fourteen. Then that happened. Uh, me and my dad. And that was a deal with my dad. Okay. Uh, started off, uh, spe- or Evans Mills. I did my first practice, and I did the the car had a turbo 350 transmission in it. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those or not, oh, yeah. but they're yep. they're automatics. Yep. And uh, they have a high and low gear. But so my I my dad forgot to tell me which one to put it in. I was rookie <laughs> to do this stuff. And I went out there, had it in low gear, and blew the motor up. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember I was working with a young driver at one point who stepped up out of a mic rod into an IMCA modified. And uh, same kind of deal, of course. Uh, somebody forgot to, to make sure he understood that you can't just drive around the track in in uh, low gear. You're running, you know, first gear or second gear or whatever, and... Um, so he didn't blow the motor up. He finally figured it out, but it was just, uh, it, it's funny how, you know, sometimes everybody takes it for granted that you should know something, right? But of course, how would you know that? And yeah, yeah that's, that's not it a good a, start. It was a, it was a big rookie mistake. Luckily it was just a practice. wasn't a race. Yeah, really? But most of my rookie seasons, I had a lot of motor problems. I think I had around four go bad on me. Wow. It was not good. Not a good season for my rookie year. I finished two races or so. It wasn't, it wasn't the best, but I had fun. I liked it. I was learning a lot and uh, it was good to be up at a big track. Uh, we raced a lot over at Spencer Speedway, um, Evans Mills, uh, Wyoming County, but there's a couple tracks we went to. Nice. Um, but we did. My dad and I, we finally decided that we should go to get. We should get a good, solid motor together. You know, we did. We got a great motor from uh, uh, Rusty Marsden for this okay. for last yeah. year. Yeah, which is my second year. Um, we we had a great motor, but fortunately, I. Did not have a good school year, so I got my season cut short to a couple couple races. Oh, but you know, I had fun still. I managed to pull off a couple good runs. I just ended in some bad luck, but this year I'm hoping to have some good runs in the SBS and the Superstock again. Yeah. So what? Uh, the SBS is kind of a new venture for you. Talk about how that all came together. Well, I uh, I managed to have an opportunity to drive one of Travis Bartlett's at Evans Mills at the end of last year. I um I hopped in one of those and uh, uh, one of the races towards the end of the year. I did, I did double duty with the super stock that night, which is stressful. Right. <laughs> um, but I started off and I got into an incident in practice. I ended up bending bending one of the left rear trailing arms. We uh got it fixed. I ended up I think I finished second in my heat. Started outside or second row on the outside of the featured. And, 
had a great race with uh, Mikey Bruce and uh, Russell Bartlett. Came home third and first start, which nice was job. not too bad. That's great. Yeah, very nice. So you guys decided, did you pick up your own car for this year? Is that, uh, I mean, I saw the yeah, car. It's uh, beautiful. But... Came back around. John, John wanted to move up into a uh, big car. He likes him. Because he, uh, he hung around in the pits for the Dave London Memorial at Classic Weekend last year. Okay. He uh, he liked the big cars, and he wanted to go wanted to go big car racing. So we, uh, we picked up an old chassis from uh, Jimmy Lacerdo, which is Anthony's old one. Of, I think it was Anthony's first car. Oh, okay. So uh, um, we, we completely redid it. We uh, got it almost down to brand new, basically. And uh, we, should, we should be good for this year. I, I got a good car. Um, just a matter of me now. Yeah, looks beautiful. Well, that's. Uh, I mean, that this has got to be a thrill for you. Uh, going to compete at Oswego, where of course uh, your grandpa, uh, yeah. you know, spent much of his life and and uh, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears trying to, trying sure, to win yeah. a feature there. And uh, man, I remember when boy when Gruel finally. Finally got that. I I was down here. I uh, wasn't able to be up there that night. I was down here and and you know just remember watching him when when he when he won that race. I mean, literally, I screamed. I'm like, ah! It's like, yeah. oh my gosh! After all these years, the Sweet Sixteen finally gets there. Um, you know, and so I'm sure that uh, your family's got to be very proud of you and and. Uh, very excited too to see uh see you kind of carrying on the tradition of course uh you know uh both uh, Kelly and uh was it Joe I think as well um raced and um yep, you know times. yeah and so um uh you know carrying on the family tradition a little bit uh, what are your goals for this year uh definitely to uh finish every race obviously um just learn a lot learn a bunch have a solid top five in points would be an awesome season for me, honestly. And how, I think that's a good goal. Now, how's the school thing going this year? Huh? I sorry, I didn't hear you. I said, I said, how's the school thing going this year? Oh, I, I have about straight A's. I was not. There you I go. Was not. I did not slack this year. There but you unfortunately, go. my uh, school is like canceled for the moment. But uh, I was ready for the season. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's. Uh, a lot of kids go through that. They, you know, they just think that they can, uh, it's not that important. And then somebody has to remind them of their priorities, right? So yeah. you, uh, you got your priorities straight and that's definitely, that's, uh, that's good stuff. So, um, okay. So let's talk about, um, the SIM deal. Cause that obviously that was, uh, a much bigger stage than, uh, you know, all you guys are used to as far as racing SIM because, you know, normally it's not televised for the kind of the world to watch, right? No. Um, and in a lot of competition, uh, talk about what it was like, you know, really through the day, because I can only imagine that for you guys who were doing double duty, I mean, I sat there just watching it and I watched the whole thing and it was four and four and a half, well, four and a quarter hours or so. Yep. Um, you know, I can only imagine as a driver, there's a lot going on that whole time. How do you kind of, how do you kind of keep your 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 stuff straight as to whether you're running the wing car or the other car? I mean, it's seems like it's almost a little bit of a different technique for each one, even though it's on the sim, right? Yeah, they uh, they definitely drove drove different um, for sure. Different setups completely. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it just you got to stay focused during the day. You don't want to miss anything. Yeah, I can imagine. It's uh, it's it's got to be hard to um, to do that over such a long period of time. Um, and you had that battle that you had at the end with AJ um, in in the nightcap was just absolutely spectacular. Talk about that part of the race. Oh, uh, that was that was cool. I was for sure. I had third locked up when uh but then when i saw that dave oh i think he had a computer problem yeah but we called right. a mechanical problem and uh he he went out and then i i, I knew i had a chance there because i had a late race set up in the car um and I, I think i i knew i had some for aj but turned out pretty well me and him had a good run i i enjoyed it it was a lot of fun what do you think the difference was? I mean, I didn't feel like it was so much AJ lost anything, and the two of you seemed pretty even. It just, um, you know, it just seemed like uh, you ran just the right line and didn't give an inch. Yeah, I was, I was definitely hitting my marks. Uh, I, I run a pretty high groove around there, um, and I, I just, I, I did a crossover coming out of two down the back stretch, and I, uh, I just got him down in the three, and uh, I guess that's all she wrote there. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, it was a, it was definitely a nice run. Okay, so um, what do you like to do when you're not involved with a race car? Um, I got, I like to play some video games here and there. Obviously, any kid does that. But uh, I, um, honestly, when I'm not in school, I'm, I'm either hanging out with friends or working on race cars. You know. Okay. Yeah. Got a pretty simple life going. I hang out with family, friends, uh, just work around, work on the house, you know. Yeah. I don't do much. I racing is, is a like the center point of my life. I love it. So, well, it's uh, nothing wrong with that for sure. And and it uh, it's amazing how you know looking at it from the outside in, a swigo is such a you know a generational thing. Whether you're you know, you're a fan or you're a driver or you're, you know, a team owner or whatever. It's, there's so many, uh, second and third generation people involved at the track. And, you know, even when I think about my parents, their first date was at the racetrack and yep. started taking me at five. I think my brother was five or so when he started going too. So, um, That's cool. yeah. And, you know, I mean, you, you work kind of work your way around and, um, you know, he shot photos for a while and has worked on a couple of crews and, uh, you know, I've always done the media stuff and, and <clears throat> done a, a little bit of pit crewing here and there, but, um, just fun stuff. And it's, uh, it's great to see you coming aboard this year. And is your plan? I mean, obviously <laughs> I don't know what a full season's going to consist of, but is your plan yeah. to run every week, I guess is, uh, is my question. Yeah, we were planning to run a full-time season. I actually had a, uh, I made out a schedule for all like between the street stock and the SBS. I had a 21 race schedule made oh, up wow. for myself. It was, it was the biggest I've ever attempted. Well, I was looking forward to it, but uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Hopefully, we can still get some races in. Yeah. All right. So, uh, have you got sponsors or who? Are you, I I, I want to give you a chance to thank who you need to. I realize you haven't actually raced yet this year, but obviously, a lot of people have helped you get to this point. So, want to give you that opportunity here right now. Yeah, I I, uh, I definitely got to thank uh, John. Altman and my dad Joe, they uh, they helped me out between the two cars. A lot, of, most of the funding, uh, which is I can't thank them enough for that. You know, uh, two great cars that I got underneath me. Yeah, got to thank my grandfather and my uncle. They helped me out with parts, setup, 
a ton of experience. You know, they they give me so many pointers. I don't even know what to do with them all sometimes. You know. Yeah. It's a lot of help. Um. Uh, Paul from Front Door Tavern. He helps me out with the body work. Um, Doug Grayum from DCR. He's good. Brandon Legault from uh, Brandon's Pub and La Perilla and Oswego. You know, there's there's so many people that uh, help me out. Some I I can't remember all of them, but those are just some notable names. My mom, obviously, she she lets me do it, even though she gets nervous every time. But uh, <laughs> all my grandparents help me out. My grandpa Joe, the, the Cerdo excavating, they're they're awesome. They all help me out a bunch. Well, uh, looking forward to seeing what you can do uh, once we're able to get on the track and and go racing and. Uh, it's been fun to to sit and and have a conversation with you tonight, and uh, hope you enjoy what's left of your birthday, Griffin. And congratulations again on the win on Sunday. That that was fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's Griffin Miller, and we'll be back with Camden Proud right after this on Inside Grooves. Stick around. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up! You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking. But I'm not a math or science person. No excuses. No problem. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financial aid is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Welcome back to Inside Groove as we conclude the show for another week uh wow um thought we were gonna have camden proud but uh you know here so uh we'll, we'll just uh we'll just finish this one on our own um want to talk about the number 42 because i have to admit y'all i'm a little stumped on this one i worked really really hard to go figure out uh uh some some folks uh in my brain that i could remember and i I came up with two, and one of them I'm not sure of. The first one was Paul Richardson. I swear that I remember him in the number 42 back in the 70s at some point, one of the first times that I saw him race. Um, and it, I can't remember if it was a classic or not, but I want to say that he drove a number 42. And the only other one I could come up with in a super was Rich Michaud, uh, and I was trying to remember what car that would have been. Uh, seemed to me like it was a show car of some sort, but I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, those were the only two I could come up with for a number 42. So, uh, y'all may be able to <laughs> stump the host big time on this one. Um, if you could think of or know of any other 42s in the supers, uh, the only modified one I even came up with, well, there were two actually, Bob Sweeney. Early on, and then Larry Nye uh, used to run his 42 occasionally, uh, but that was technically a number change from 12. So, um, again, I'm sure there were others, but uh, my brain just couldn't figure them out. So, 
Uh, if you guys, if you guys have others, put them in the comments so that um, everybody can see them. And let's uh, let's see how many I missed here for forty-two. Uh, hope you all enjoyed the sim race the other day. I thought it was uh, a lot of fun. It was enjoyable to watch and and really great. Uh, I know it took a, a, an awful lot of work by an awful lot of people to um, to make that thing come together. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, as a fan of supers, I'm really grateful to uh, all of those people uh, for making that thing possible. Uh, that event was uh, a lot of fun, um, probably a little long, I thought, for a Sunday night, but that would be um, just my opinion. Uh, you know, it's just uh, when you run till after midnight on a Sunday, um, you know, I, I realize we're in a particularly interesting situation where there are probably less people who have to go to work than normal, sadly. But uh, um thinking maybe if, if it, if you do it again, uh, if you're going to have to, if that's the window you got, it's going to take about, you know, three, four hours to finish it. You know, maybe a Friday or a Saturday might be interesting um, just to, again, uh, give more people the opportunity if they can to sleep in the next day instead of having to get up for work. But other than that, um, and that's obviously very minor, uh, thought that was a great show and an, and an awful lot of fun. And it was really intense <laughs> watching those feature events for sure so thanks to uh sean cathcart um and the entire staff at skips fish fry and everyone with the series um and all the drivers for taking time out of their weekend to participate as well that was that was a ton of fun and uh it's just neat to see that we can do some kind of racing for a little while if we need to um so hopefully we'll see more of that i think that would be fun to um, to do more of if everybody is willing and able and uh it it would be a lot of fun to uh, to see more uh the last announcement I will make for the week is <clears throat> we're gonna try something uh when I say we i guess me uh i'm gonna try something um something i've been thinking about for a while, but a it's just been. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. I guess more of a technological thing. Um, I'm slow with any technology above second grade level on a computer. I just am, <laughs> um, you know, and, and so uh, when it comes to any type of video technology, especially, it kind of goes not beyond my ability to do it, but really beyond my ability to do it in a time frame that makes sense for me given everything else that I have to do and that I'm trying to do in the course of a week. So, um, but we, in, in that spirit though, uh, you know, I've been, I've been trying really hard to find a way to go direct to Facebook or direct to Twitter or direct to Instagram, um, you know, or direct to Twitch, which if, if you're not familiar with Twitch, um, Twitch is owned by Amazon, and it's the second largest video streaming platform uh, on the planet behind YouTube. And um, Twitch is really a, a, it started as a gaming platform, and it still is a big gaming platform, but it's gone well beyond that now. There are a lot of other programming. There is a lot of other programming on Twitch, and um, we've got a Twitch channel. Uh, so. We've been, I've been trying to figure out a way uh, to, to do something that would be interactive 
um, with this show in particular. Uh, and and if, it, if this works, I might expand it a little bit uh, to go beyond our brand of motorsports, the Supers. But um, it, it's taken me a while to try and find a platform, but I think I have. Um, so we're going to have uh, a special edition, and there will be an announcement. If you hear this show right away tonight on Wednesday night when it premieres, I'm just going to tell you that we're looking to do it either Friday or Saturday of this weekend, one or the other. And right now I'm leaning towards Saturday, but that's not definite yet. There will be an announcement on Thursday about this, so stay tuned. But we're going to have a special Inside Groove Live. And it's going to be, uh, I think we're going to do Facebook for right now. Um, so it'll be a Facebook Live. Um, not sure if I'm going to do it on the Inside Groove page or my personal page or, or where we're, again, still working out the details. Mike Silliman is going to be my co-host for this. And let me tell you what we're doing with it. The The purpose of this will be to get the Super Modified fans together. We're going to have a little fun. We're just going to do a little look back. We're going to talk about the old days. We're going to talk about the 70s. We're going to talk about some car owners. We're going to talk about um, what it was like back then and maybe tell some stories and try and, you know, we're, we're just going to have some fun. We're going to sit around for an hour or so, maybe longer, <laughs> if you guys want, uh, and we're going to talk, we're going to talk supers and we're going to specifically talk about the, the old days for in this first one. Um, and so it's, it's, we, we want all of you to join this thing and be a part of this thing because obviously the fun of this is not just Mike and I sit and talking to each other. We can do that on a phone call. Um, the fun of this is we want to get super modified nation together. I'm not technical enough to pull off an iRace. Nobody wants me on iRacing. Um, it's not safe for me to be. So, um, but this is something I've been wanting to do for a while. And what I'm hoping, if you guys like this well enough, then what we'll probably do, we're still going to do the podcasts, but we'll probably add maybe once a month or so, every six weeks, whatever, um, one of excuse me one of these live uh type get togethers uh at least for now until we get everything rolling during the season again and then maybe we'll make it more of an off season kind of thing but but i wanted to do something that would be interactive and we could take the we have the technology to take the radio show and the podcast that we're doing and turn it into a radio show and do it live but the I, I really don't want to do that. I like that the podcast is more of a um, an interview-driven kind of thing, and we can get some drivers involved in the live cast, too, if we keep doing them. Um, but not every driver has, you know, the technology to, to, to jump on Facebook Live with us. So I think the podcast is going to serve one purpose, and then I think these live get-togethers will just be more of that. You know, we're, we're all going to get together and sit around and talk racing. And we'll try to have some different topics and different things that we develop. That's what I'm thinking about. So I just wanted you all to know, 
either this Friday or Saturday. Not sure, and I'm going to tell you why I'm debating. (laughs) It's because Friday the 1st, this coming Friday, there is a race scheduled, a dirt track race here in Charlotte. Whether or not it it happens, I don't know. Whether or not I'm going to be able to go, I don't know. Um, But uh, just found out about that, so that kind of threw a monkey wrench. I really wanted to do this on Friday. But uh, so we may just go ahead and do it Saturday, but there'll be an official announcement on Thursday on the Inside Groove uh, Facebook and Twitter uh, and um, for you guys. And and I'll have it on my personal page, too, so you guys will know what's happening. But um, Mike Silliman and I are going to be kind of the the two hosts, if you will, for this first one and uh, just going to have some fun. So we hope you all can join us for that, because obviously you'll be able to watch it after. But. The engagement part happens live. So we're, we're going to try to start it, you know, maybe about seven, um, you know, in the in the evening. And, um, you know, and, and we'll go an hour or two, you know, whatever, as long as it keeps going. I mean, and uh, I guess we'll, you know, we'll run it for a little while. And uh, again, experimental. We hope you're going to enjoy this. Your feedback is going to determine whether we keep doing it or not. Um, you know, I certainly don't need more to do, but it's something that I would be excited about doing. I think it's fun to talk racing with race fans. And, um, I, I, I love talking super modifieds. As you guys know, I could do it for days. So we're going to try this and, and see how it works. And, uh, Mike has graciously accepted the, uh, offer to kind of be the co-host. And, you know, he is, as you all know, Mike Silliman is a great one of the great historians of the track, um, you know, he's he's his mind is very sharp and he remembers a lot of detail. So um, I kind of got inspired by uh, a particular post the other day and a comment. And I said, you know what, this <laughs> this could be fun if we opened this up and did it as a, a live event. So the 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 first ever and hopefully not the only uh Inside Groove Live will take place uh, either Friday or Saturday this weekend. Again, watch for the announcement on Thursday. We'll put it in all the groups and everything, too. Um, But that's what we're going to do. And you're all welcome to join. Again, these are family events. (laughs) We're going to, you know, let's keep the language clean. Let's keep, I mean, not that we're going to be fighting and arguing in there, but let's just respect that uh, we we want all ages to be able to enjoy it and not feel like we're... uh, um, putting anybody in danger so um look forward to it and we ho- i hope you do too um so we'll have more, more on that coming up for right now we're going to close this show out and uh look forward to next wednesday which will be our next show and um hope you're all having uh, a great week and hope all of you are safe and sound um please stay safe and watch for the announcement about the first inside groove live either friday or saturday night this week uh, with this weekend and uh, we'll have more information about that tomorrow on the 30th on the inside groove um, social media and in the super modified group so until then uh, i'm tom baker and want to thank our special guests griffin miller and aj burnis and thanks to all of our sponsors who help us put this show on jeff west and i the folks at ipc indy uh, sean cathcart at skips fish fry and um, of course, Richworth and JNS Paving, we appreciate all of you very, very much and look forward to the first Inside Groove Live this weekend. Until then, so long. 
You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.